I really want to caffeinate myself and others and support small businesses, but without having to put pants on. I wish there was a way to do that. I know. I'll ask Reflexa. Reflexa, what can I do to caffeinate myself along with others and support small businesses without putting on pants? Here is a targeted ad based on my constant surveillance of your thoughts and actions. Wait, what? Are you looking for a way to caffeinate yourself and others and support small business without having to put on pants? Well, then head on over to DeadlyGroundsCoffee.com. Deadly Grounds Coffee has smooth, rich flavors to satisfy the cravings of everyone on your list. From traditional flavors like pumpkin spice and French roast to more daring flavors like Hell's Fury, Highland Zombie Grog, Day of the Dead Roast, and Witch's Brew. And now, for a very limited time, you can try Butch Patrick's Dragula Dark Roast. Butch Patrick is known around the world for his role as TV's Eddie Munster. And when we deadly grounded him at a horror convention, he became such a big fan of our coffee that he hand-selected one of the roasts to make his very own. With most of the conventions on hold, Butch made available a limited supply of his Dragula Dark Roast, named after one of the coolest cars in television history. Personally autographed for our Deadly Grounds coffee fans. It's a delicious roast, silky smooth with a sweet finish. Perfect for any time of day and great for the coffee and Butch fans on your holiday shopping list. This is only available while our limited supply lasts, so hurry and get yours today. This holiday season, it's time to get a little deadly. Go on, you deserve it. Do you have a hankering for horror knowledge? We have such sights to show you. Do you require raging retro reviews? Do you desire discussions with devastatingly dashing dorks? The Dorkening Podcast Network has nearly 30 shows to satisfy all of your nerdy, geeky, and dorky needs. From horror reviews and celebrity interviews. Hi, I'm Adam Green, the director of the Hatchet Films and the star of Allison. Hi, this is Dominic Pace, who played the bounty hunter Gecko from The Mandalorian. Hi, I'm Mike Price. I'm a writer on The Simpsons. I co-created F is for Family. Hi, guys. This is Dee Wallace from E.T. and Cujo. Hi, my name is Kurando Mitsutake, director of Gun Woman and Karate Kill. Hi, this is Samantha Newark, the voice of Jem and Jerrica from the original Jem and the Holograms cartoon series. As well as nostalgic trips into the past, pop culture, the latest in entertainment news, and so much more. Featuring a variety of shows and hosts that will simultaneously enrage, enlighten, and entertain you. Check out the Dorkening Podcast Network. My mom says I'm cool. Available on iTunes, Spotify, thedorkening.com, and wherever fine podcasts can be found. Hey everybody, welcome to It's Go Time with Jay and James. I am James, Jay will be on shortly, but uh, today's show is pretty cool. It's a live show. We have a couple pretty awesome guests uh, coming along, uh, and uh, Jay uh, is right here. Hey Jay, how's it going? 
What up, James? Hey, guys. How are you? How's everybody today on this wonderful, wonderful Sunday pre uh, preview show for the NBA 2020 season? Let's go 2020 21 season. I got a I got a buddy of mine that I've known since what a seventh grade, eighth grade, seventh grade, early morning. Uh, yeah, many mornings waking up, getting getting to school early, playing ball with this guy. So I've played ball with him yeah. as as early as twelve years old. I'll probably oh, what was it? Over June we played again. So every year, uh, this guy and I we we like to throw you know play a little round ball, and uh, we're we're gonna talk about some some sports here, some uh, some basketball preview. And uh, James, why don't you uh, introduce our our other guest, Patrick from the Loudest Sports Show on the Dorkening Podcast. That is right. So Patrick, I've known Patrick for almost two years now. Uh, we met on the Dorketing mm-hmm. uh, itself, uh, the t- titular uh, show of our network. Um, so, and he's actually become a really good sports person to bounce some ideas. But he is again on the loudest po- sports show uh, on the Dorketing network. He, he says he's the only sports podcast. We were first well, by one episode. That... One episode, yeah. we beat you. <laughs> we beat yeah. Well, we're the only one that is dedicated to sports. Yeah, you're yeah, the loudest. The loudest. <laughs> That's true. I, I listened to a couple of your shows to kind of pre pre preview my my in myself yeah. with you, and uh, I, I it was probably the last episode, and uh, I was like, all right, which one's who, who's what, and like, man, it was just banter galore. Like you guys, you guys hustle on that show, huh? Well, it's you know my brothers and I, so we we tend to be. Uh, very forceful and opinionated when it, you know, if you can't get your point across with logic and common sense, like they do, <laughs> and it gets louder. Uh, volume, volume goes, volume works. Sure does. Sure does. Yeah. <laughs> All right. And so we, we do occasionally have my six-year-old niece on to uh, NFL games. Oh, there we go. All fun. All right. So with that, I'm, I, I, I'm going to throw a question in here that uh, the panel does not know about. So I'm going to do my best to moderate some of this. I'm going to be, I'm going to stick the, the fence pole stri- strictly in my butt cheeks and I'm going to ride the fence on some of this stuff. Cause I, again, I am not the most knowledgeable better, NBA better, guy. Better you than me, man. Better you than me. Um, because I, I mean, I hashtag, I can't even say it anymore, but the first question I have for you guys, are the nets destined to fail? Oh, we just jumping in on this or, you know, go ahead. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, I 100% agree that the nets are, are destined to fail. They might win 50, 60 games or whatever the, uh, you know, uh, analog would be in this shortened season. You know, maybe they win 50 games and they're the number one seed overall, which, you know, again, I think pump the brakes on that as well. Mm -hmm. Um, you have two personalities and if anyone even, you know, is a passive follower of the NBA and has watched, I don't know, a week of what's going on and you've seen what Kyrie Irving says and what he does and how he carries himself, couple that with Kevin Durant, who is probably the most mentally soft uh, athlete in all four major sports. Like this is a guy who has dedicated uh, Twitter accounts to go after people who criticize him on social media. Um, also a guy coming off a catastrophic injury that you could literally see his, his quad explode on national television. Uh, putting all of this together with a first time coach 
with the heavy, heavy expectations and the New York media, you know, who are generally known to be, you know, forgiving and, and kind when it comes to a, <laughs> a team struggling. Um, I think the, they are going to have a catastrophic meltdown. Like they might be able to get through the season uh, because they do have some quality, uh, you know, I don't want to call them secondary pieces because these guys would be starters uh, and quality starters on a lot of other teams like Jared Allen, Spencer Dinwiddie, Karis LeVert. These guys are all quality players. And this team did make the playoffs and, you know, made a little bit of noise in the bubble without, you know, Kyrie and without Kevin Durant. So I think they have enough talent to get into the playoffs and do really well, even if, you know, Kyrie and, and Durant hate each other. But uh, I because of who their two main stars are uh, and what we have seen with Kyrie Irving everywhere he has been thus far, uh, I, I, I can't see the Nets doing anything. All right, Corey, you, you had a different, different. Yeah, see, see, I'm on, I'm on the other end. I, I always feel like with athletes, they can separate that. Uh, what am I trying to say? That personality, that, 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 bearing personality can separate that and play ball like supposed to do and I think at this point in their career especially with Kyrie like he has to understand like I mean you can't be that flat earther for the rest of your life you know you have to <laughs> had to get that in there huh <laughs> I, I, had to, I had to you have to hold hands with your teammates and play basketball I mean the two of them playing together I mean they they signed a few players for the roster they boosted that they freed up some space um and I think the return of Kevin Durant and Kyrie the two of them together they can score 60 points a game right they, they're going to make the, I think they're my Eastern Conference final picks. I'll throw it out there now. That's who I picked for Eastern Conference finals. I had All right, so, then, um, yeah, save, save some more hot takes for later. Um, yeah, but, but, <laughs> but, but, but I'll, I'll keep it there just because, like, I'm on the other end. I, I don't think yeah. they're going to, I think they're going to be right there in the mix. Yeah, I'll do a very quick answer for you, James, and I'll kick it back to you. But, uh, you know, overall, um, I don't know if they're destined to fail in a sense that uh, if the personalities can work, like Corey said, uh, but there is one ball they got two, two very big personalities, two superstars, but I have a, I have a strong belief, Justin, uh, Steve Nash and Mike D'Antonio is also on the coaching staff who is, was Nash's coach back in the suns. They're going to adopt the offense of the seven seconds or less offense. Mm -hmm. So they're going to produce points and they do have, eight or nine deep and they got some shooters with joe harris uh i mean they're going to have a very big impact on those wins like pat was saying uh but at what point will that implode um could but uh i'm gonna i'm gonna have a lot of like uh stock in steve nash and mike d'antonio to, to keep it kind of where it needs to be and, and keep winning james I'm, i mean i just think Kyrie's off to a bang and start already um like I said, I don't think, you know, maybe this is the difference. He won a championship in Cleveland with LeBron and LeBron was the, the, the one a, and he was the sidecar. Um, maybe that's what he needs is he needs someone to be the one a and him being the sidecar. Um, I don't think I, I I'm on with Patrick. I, I just don't see them meshing the later it gets into the season. I think you're going to see it more often. I think they're going to butt heads a lot. I know Kyrie was against the Nash signing, but Durant was in favor of the Nash signing. So how is that going to 
react. I understand, you know, Nash could be one of two coaches. He could be the coach that just rolls the, the, the basketballs out of practice saying, let me know when you guys are done and I'll come collect the basketballs and turn off the lights. Or is he going to be a lot more hands-on as a coach? So I'm really curious to say about that, but I, I just don't think it's going to see, you know, you saw it with Kyrie in the bubble uh, this past season, the Nets had a legitimate chance to make some noise in the playoffs. And he goes, I don't want to go to, I don't want to support my team down in Orlando. I want to go to Orlando. I just don't want to play with my team. I just want to go there to be with everybody else. I sat there like that, that for me, that's a sour taste. And I think you got that towards the end of his Celtics tenure here. Um, you know, and the second, the writings on the wall, especially again, it's a shortened season. Uh, and I know there's talk of them doing like a play in playoff scenario to get into the playoffs again, to make up some of those games that they're losing. I just, I just don't, I think it's going to crash and burn very quickly. And I think Kyrie is be the first one to say like, Ooh, my back, Ooh, my quad, Ooh, my knee, like something. Do, do you really think he's going to play in Boston on Christmas? Yeah. Cause I don't think he's going to play in Boston on Christmas because God forbid he plays in the city he played before. So we'll see what happens. I guess that I'm not, I'm not counting it out. So with that guys, again, to our, to our watchers and listeners, this is our 2020 NBA playoff uh, playoff. I wish it was playoffs preview. Um, so with that, we are going to start off. Uh, the next question I have to you guys is um, every season you have teams coming out of nowhere, dark horse teams, as you would say. So with that, what are this year's dark horse teams um, that will probably make some noise in the season and possibly into the postseason? Patrick? You want, yeah, I was going to say, you might as well call on somebody because uh, I think <laughs> we all have, we have opinions on this. Mine might not be as much of a dark horse as, as some people think, but I'm going to go one in each conference. I'm going to go the Hawks uh, in in the East because uh, I think Trey Young is going to take a, a, another step. And they've added some some pieces around him. I think, uh, you know, they're, they're in, they want to win. Like, well, they want to win. They're in it for the eighth eighth seed is, uh, you know, kind of like what Charlotte's doing. Um, I don't see Charlotte doing much, but I think, uh, I think the, uh, the Hawks and uh, out West, maybe it's not, you know, a super hot take, but uh, I've taken some pushback on, uh, on my show. Um, but uh, Phoenix, uh, I think uh, Booker and, and uh, Aiton are very, very talented. They're transcendental type uh, or transcendent type of, of players. Um and getting a guy like Chris Paul, who I know has had his issues, you know, throughout his career playing with, uh, with, uh, other big names, but, uh, looking at what he did in Oklahoma city last year, uh, for a team that was not expected to contend. Um, I, I think, uh, Phoenix has a, a good chance of not only surprising you with their playoff seating, but also, uh, making some noise, maybe winning a round or two, uh, once the West finals hit. Yeah, another team that was invited to the bubble, totally overachieved, all young talent, came together, gelled. And I think part of that gelling at that time, I mean, you had a lot of young guys. I mean, I don't think they left anything too important at home other than minimal guys having family and whatever. But most of them were all young guys kind of going to like a college dorm type scenario, which they were probably accustomed to. 
within the last two or three years. Mm -hmm. And I think they really bonded together. And that's kind of what I think happened to them. And I think what they go eight, no, or, you know, they, they, they made a push, but uh, you know, eventually Memphis knocked, knocked them kind of out went with a little bit more wins but uh anyway yeah, i was gonna say because phoenix won the, didn't lose a game in the bubble but they lost to memphis on tiebreakers i think right or it was yeah i think memphis had like 32 wins and i think at the end i think uh phoenix only had like 30 like it, at some point mathematically they were just knocked out because the other teams kept winning so Corey, so i'm i'm right where you were Atlanta and Phoenix, you know, both ways. I said, I mean, Atlanta picked up Rondo. Is he going to be a huge deal? No, but he's a vet, right? And in the playoffs, the, the man can show and prove. And that's, that was my big thing about him. Like, he can step up. Trey, so bubble. The bubble was my compass of how the NBA was going to go because you got to see so many games. And I, I just like Jay said, they mesh well in there, all the teams in there. So that, that, that was strong. Um, Phoenix, and they picked up... Uh, what do I have here? Chris Paul, right? That pick and roll with Aton, it's going to be deadly. I think that's going to work well for them. It's going to be a strong team, you know? I have them coming out of the West. Uh, but Chris Paul, then you got Rondo on the other side. I think the Hawks, they they made it clear in the offseason with their moves that their winning is the number one priority for them. That's what I like about them. And with the Sun, I want to play like the Steve Nash. Those are their glory. So I, I, I got that mystique in the bubble with the games. They stepped up. And yeah, I fun. mean, you know, you know the, the Suns just look like a fun team to be around. Be on. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I the Suns were, were, I think they were the story in the bubble all year. Um, you know, I, I still think, you know, I think out West, you know, the West is kind of starting to get a little top heavy again. You have your really, really good teams and your really, really bad teams. Uh, and then you have the East with the same thing. I think the East is starting to come down. Like the teams have a better chance, especially with the departure of LeBron and kind of the, 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 the heat uh, emerging in Toronto still being a contender after Kawhi. I know it all comes down to the Giannis sweepstakes next year to see how the, the, things will change but i'm with you i think it's going to be i think the suns are going to make the, the hardest push i figured they're going to be extremely active at the deadline um to try to pull some pieces off uh some other teams but for me i'm this is the one i think orlando is going to look you know is going to try to make some noise as well i think that that's um what you guys are chuckling like <laughs> no jason <laughs> We, we had a phone call earlier, and I was like, someone's going to pick Orlando, and I, I can't wait to hear these hot takes. So go for it, James. What's, what's the hot take happening in Orlando? The bubble's not uh, there anymore. <laughs> I understand. I understand. Um, I just think with Orlando, you know, they're again, they're a young group. of te- a, gr- a young group. It seemed like they ki- kind of gelled a little bit in the bubble, again, being kind of playing all their games in their own backyard. Um, I think they're going to win some games at home, um, and I think that's where they're going to get the majority of their wins. The question really comes in is when they go on the road and they're not in a friendly confines. I know there's no one in the arenas to begin with anyway, so it's going to be very weird watching these games to start with. Um, again, they're they, they, they people who can defend the rim. They got some perimeter scorers. They have a decent bench. And again, I think the, the youth factor is going to help them out a little bit to a point, but you know that could also be their undoing. So we'll see what happens. Again, I also think that... 
you know, the East is still weak and they could squeak in as an eight seed pretty easily. Or even if there's another play in tournament, like they did last year, um, I could see them making some noise and possibly getting that eight seed that way or the seven seed, because trust me, there will be a couple of sub 500 teams making the playoffs on the Eastern conference again this year. So Definitely. that's just, Definitely. that's just kind of the, the way it is. So all right. can, so I, uh, can I just quickly interject something? I know we're doing basketball, but there is some, uh, some pretty important breaking uh, Major League Baseball news. Oh, what, the Red Sox it. do nothing? No, the New York Times report that the Cleveland Indians will be dropping their nickname. Ooh. It's unclear with what they will replace it, but the Indians who have been called that for nearly a century and 17,000 games will be no more. So are they the Cleveland baseball team? The uh, Yeah, <laughs> at least for now. So it looks like they're uh, doing the same thing that uh, Washington did, yeah. Wow. You heard, you, you heard it here first, folks. There All you right. go. Some breaking news. Love it. All, All right. right. So, yeah. All right. My, my dark horse or team to watch. I kind of had a team to watch more or less. Not much of a dark horse, but uh, you mentioned it, Pat, a little bit earlier. Charlotte. I'm going to jump on that bandwagon right now. Uh, I love PJ Washington. I think he's uh, a hell of a player. I think he's going to take a step up. Miles Bridges, another young talent. LaMelo Ball, I watched the preseason game the other day. Didn't score. Uh, didn't have a great outing, but the guy can pass. The guy got vision, so I, I really like that. Gordon Hayward is a very big positive for them. If that guy can stay healthy, you got a 20-8 and eight guy, a leader. Somebody's going to handle crunch time with a lot of young people around, which is going to transcend down or cascade down to these younger players. Malik Monk is going to learn a lot from – uh, playing next to Lamelo, and and I, I I just it's a young team. It's going to be fun to watch. I don't know about a dark horse making an eight seed, but you know, it, it, I I I'm 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 on the team of I miss Gordon Hayward. It's going to be a huge impact to the Celtics. I'm a huge Celtic fan, so a lot of people wanted to pack their bags and send him on his way. I was not that guy. He is a very good basketball ball player. As long as he stays healthy, the guy the numbers speak for themselves. Um. As far as in the West, I'm going to pivot here and go with the Timberwolves. Uh, I want to see D'Angelo Russell and Cat for a full season. Cat was injured a lot last season, but that guy can three and D. That guy can extend the ball, pick and roll, and they got the number one pick, Anthony Edwards. He's going to blossom there. I think he's going to learn from these guys, and really they're going to have a lot of scoring opportunities in the Timberwolves. Uh, Rubio is going back, so now you have a distributor. He is very comfortable there. He was drafted there. He played seven seasons with them. I think it's a very good foot for Rubio. Uh, he's going to be the leader of the point guard. Um, also, what I'm going to watch, and I was kind of telling Corey before the show started, D'Angelo Russell's free agency is going to happen in 2023. I'm keeping an eye on that because that's when um, I think uh, Kemba Walker's contract is going to end. He's going to come into free agency, and I want the Celtics to pursue him hard. He's going to be 20 in your 2023, 2023. He's going to be 28 years old in his prime. And that guy can score. He's a Pete. He's a point guard. We have our wings all locked up and he would be a very great distributor and score for us. I want to see his career blossoming in the Timberwolves uniform. I want him to be healthy. I want to watch him. So that's kind of my team to watch out in the West. 
I like that. I like I like uh, D'Angelo to the Celtics in a few years. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Kemba's going to be on his way out. There's going to be a dump, dump, uh, a whole truckload of money sitting waiting for him. So, and I think uh, we would be a good spot. He's already been in L.A. You know, he's already been kind of kicked around all uh, Golden State. So, come on, man, come out east. Let dominate out east in 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 2023. GMJ, GMJ. Okay. Listen to a previous episode where he. Talks about 2023, like you know, it's uh, you know, the end, the end of times. So with that, as we get into gotta look ahead, gotta look ahead, man. <laughs> true, a true Celtics fan. So with that, with it, with a, we're our next conversation. We're gonna pivot for another second because I'm throwing you guys curveballs. I thought of these questions today, driving back and forth between Springfield. Um, so uh, as we, the majority of us, I figure, hopefully, are Celtics fans, or the Celtics are one of the teams we, we are talking about. Vegas has the Celtics win at 46 and a half this season. Are the Celtics going to be over or under 46 and a half wins? Patrick? And we're talking a 72 game season? Yep. Oof. Oh, that's. I'm going to say under, but I'm going to say that they're going to be better than they were last year, which I know is kind of a contradictory mm-hmm. statement. But they're going to be a better team. Uh, but I don't know if they're going to win forty-seven games. games. Okay, no, I get it. Corey, I'm not a Celtics fan. I'm a Bulls fan, so I get all my Celtics data from Jay. So, uh, <laughs> but but with that, my question: So, where do you think the Celtics have to be to win this? You know, like like in out west, they have to win fifty games. Oh yeah, to, to, that, you know. I don't. I don't think so. I think the Celtics are going to be right around 45, 46 wins. So I'm definitely on the under on this. Uh, what about you, Jay? Uh, I would take the under. I mean, last year the Celtics were fourth in D, fourth in offense. Yeah, like I said, he had Gordon Hayward, who was a big contributor to that. He was a closer for us. Tatum wasn't there yet. Uh, Tatum has to increase his game. Uh, to another level with Jalen as well. If they're really going to win 46 and a half, we're losing, we're losing wins with Gordon leaving. I mean, that's, that's a fact. Our mm-hmm. team's not going to be as strong being at four and four, like they were last year. I think we're going to take, take a step back on D step back on O um, unless Tatum just has a monster season, which I, I'm all on board for, but uh, for all these first round draft picks that Danny just loves to keep and not trade and, you're going to see a lot of uh, Romeo Langford this year. I mean, he, he, we're going to throw him out. He was injured all last season. He was injured in college. Um, so I have a feeling, you know, he, he was thrown into some big spots in the bubble and played a lot of D, um, really good D out in the bubble in the playoffs. So he got some major minutes, and I think uh, Stevens likes him. So I think you're going to see some of this young talent come through. I think Grant Williams is going to be a starter. Marcus Smart's coming up, come on off the bench. Because we need to have because yeah, he, you need him coming off the bench as a spark. You can't have him dropping yeah, twenty six minutes a night. You know when you're but again. You know, Kemba Walker's knee, man. I, I hope that's on the up and up. And Tristan Thompson already has a hamstring thing, so he's going to miss a couple games in the beginning of the season. So forty six is definitely. I, I choose the under. I feel like they're going to be somewhere around the five or six seed, which is a great spot for them. Uh, cause I think they will beat the third seed when they get healthy and, and gel together. So I'm not worried about them once they finally get there. I mean, the season's kind of a mute point anyway. 
Yeah, I mean, it's going to be empty stadiums for the foreseeable future, so it's not really going to be a home crowd advantage for some of these younger players to do it. Um, okay, yeah, so like I said, I think the majority of us are saying under, which is awesome. So, but okay, so with that, we're going to go into our Eastern Conference picks. Um, so basically with this is just tell me, tell us who you think your, your, your teams are going to be. I mean, you don't have to give us your top eight or your rankings. You can just basically tell us who you think is going to win the conference uh, or who's going to at least be, you know, top one, two, top two, one, two or three teams in the conference so uh yeah, but, Corey, why don't we start with you yeah quickly go through it because i feel like we, we're gonna have a lot of similarities here and if there's something that pops out we'll talk about that yeah so Corey, why don't you go first i hit on an earlier nets and i said i i, I kevin durant Kyrie can work it out i mean they have to at this point like patrick you said it new york media is going to eat them apart if they don't they're going to run them out of town so they have to um i also so, feel like Levert, Levert, the way he stepped up in the bubble games, I feel like he's a big piece of that puzzle right there. I, I feel like he can keep it together. But I, I say the Nets are going to win the Eastern Conference Finals. Somehow, oh, well. some way. Man, you know. who, are they, who are they playing? Right now? Who are they, who are they playing? No, yeah, who, 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 who is Nets who in the Finals? Nets and who? Oh, Nets and uh, I feel like it, I, from what I saw in Boston, I feel like it's going to be the Celtics. I follow, Ooh. you know, I feel like it's going to be the Celtics. Thanks. I like that. Right. I like that matchup. Yeah. The, the, the right. Celtics there we go. There the we go. You, we we might be attacking you later, but uh, all right. <laughs> Patrick, Pat, what about you? Pat, what do you got? Um, this one's tough for me because uh, I, I still think the team to beat, despite the fact that they, they weren't the team to beat last year, but they improved uh, immensely, um, is Milwaukee. Um, they're going to do everything that they can to keep Giannis. Um, yeah. If they have to make more trades, they'll make more trades. Um, I don't know what they'll trade, but they'll whatever they can. Um, and I think Giannis is really uh, going to show us a new facet to his game. I'm not convinced that 32, 33 year old uh, Durant coming off that awful injury is going to be the Durant that he, and people are saying, even at 70%, you know, he's still going to be, it's like, great but 70% is not going to get you 70% of Durant and a occasionally healthy Kyrie Irving is not going to get you, uh, you know, to where you want to be. Uh, I'd like to say the Celtics, um, especially if they use that trade exception to bring in, say, a LaMarcus Aldridge, who I love, or like a Rudy Gobert, you know, somebody that, you know, pushes Thompson over to the four. Um, but, uh, I think Milwaukee and uh, there's really nobody else I really have a ton of faith in. Like it could be the Heat, it could be the <laughs> the, the Nets could gel for a little bit and you know go on a run. It could be uh, I have no faith in the 76ers doing anything. Uh, so I'm going to say either Celtics or Heat. Uh, and as constituted right now, I would say Celtics, but I think the Heat can make a run and. Uh, Ah, so I yeah, but I, I, I still yeah. I still think Milwaukee, uh, Milwaukee breaks breaks the seal this year and gets in. Okay. Yeah, I like I like that. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. Like I said, you just the East is just so. It, I mean, you want parity, but again, it's like you have your top two teams, and there's a lot of middlers, and then you have the bottom of the conference. Um, yeah, but who know. are the top two teams? Like, I. I, I who are they? It can go anywhere, like I think we're a consensus. Milwaukee is, I mean, and they were number one last year. So, and in and addition to Drew Holiday, I think they really 
you know, fucked it up with not getting Bogdan, uh, Bogdan Bogdanovich uh, signed or letting that trade fall through the way that they did. Um, but anyway, I think with the Drew Holiday addition, uh, the team is still the nucleus. Uh, I think I was looking at the roster. They're still about eight or nine players deep. So I think they still have some guys that will put in some good minutes, smart IQ players. Uh, but I did pr- pick the Brooklyn Nets as my my second team. So I think they're just, like I said, I have a lot of faith in Steve Nash and, and, and the coaching staff. I do. All right. So for me, again, I, I think it's going to be the Bucks. I think the Bucks are just so strong with Giannis there. I think, yeah, Giannis is their strongest point, but it's also their weakest point. And I think they've seen that the last two years in the playoffs and they've brought him help. But again, also for Milwaukee, this is this Giannis sweepstakes starts soon. So you got to start putting pieces around him to win, to get farther than these playoffs. Uh, I'm with Patrick. I think the 76ers are just destined to fail. I think bringing doc in there is going to be fine. I think it's going to bring a better, stronger, person who's won a championship to be like, this is how we have to win. Um, I think the loss of Horford is going to hurt him more than they think, but you know, Ben Simmons can't shoot the three as much as he would like to. And, you know, if you can stay healthy, if the 76ers stay healthy, that's great. But again, you know, they can make some noise, but they, they're, they're front running teams. They get ahead. If they start getting losing or tight, they kind of fade in the, in the last quarter third quarter fourth quarter of games so you know for me it's a milwaukee and realistically i think the heat i think the heat are still super strong i think they got a, a raw deal with the injuries they got right off the bat when the finals started uh they're going to come back my concern still is a short night a very unbelievably short off season and how much is that going to affect some of these teams who played deep into the bubble and you had teams who didn't even show up for the rest of the season. Like I want to, especially Easter conference where it was the eight teams plus the Washington wizards. Like you had to throw an eight, a random Eastern conference team in there because that's how the playoffs were structured. So, you know, with your Hornets, could the Hornets being a healthy team, make some noise and get up there and challenge one for a top playoff spot. Who knows? But I think Milwaukee's too good on paper. And I think the, the heat are just, with Bam and I think with Butler and showed Butler, he can be on a winning team and be a team player. They're going to be tough. Their defense was stifling. And again, for me, when it's, and I keep going back to this, you're going to play in empty arenas. You're not going to have home court advantage realistically at all. It's not like the old garden where Renauback would turn off the air conditioning or turn off the heat. Like it's, that doesn't exist anymore. So, you know, let's see what happens, but yeah, no, I think, I think I'm with Jay. I think Milwaukee finally breaks the seal. And I think they're. I think this is their year to make the finals run, uh, especially because the the Heat or the Nets. Let's see what happens. I think they might need a year under themselves to kind of get their footing with the new stars, and they might just be one person short again to see what happens. So. So yeah, awesome. Yeah, cool no, I, I mean, everyone's picks were really good. I mean, I, I, everyone had very good points anyway. I mean, I know Brooklyn Nets are not – we're like 50-50 there. Uh, Milwaukee's kind of everyone's number one choice, so I, I have a feeling I, we, we know who's going to the finals there. But uh, I, I do like the Heat. I do – you know, I, I thought they kind of overachieved uh, in as far as, you know, just watching. And uh, But the hell, to go to uh, play L.A. and to be 4-2 and two with uh, Bam only playing – you know, sitting out two games and – um Drogic is sitting out uh another two or three games so the fact that they got two wins that's pretty impressive so yeah i think i think you're right i, I think i wouldn't be surprised to see them uh knocking at that door um 
but like you said, I mean, a lot of miles, I mean, uh, condensed time. That uh, that's why I kind of ruled them out, and I'm bringing Brooklyn in. <laughs> There's a lot of rust there. <laughs> you know, Kyrie didn't even play. You know, and yeah. I, I feel like they just preserved themselves for this season. So, well, Patrick hit on it with Thigman. Said take up. You said Durant's only percent You know, that's a huge factor coming back full speed. Man, Achilles, hey, man. no joke. <laughs> Well, also too is it's and you said Durant is a soft, soft player. Like he just if he get if you gets if he gets down, or he gets punched in the mouth a couple of times, he can definitely wilt either. And I don't think it's the healthiest environment team mentality that they have in Brooklyn right now. Where if he needs a pl- person to rely on, I don't think Kyrie is the one you want to rely on to kind of pick your spirits up. And going back to what you said earlier about the New York media, we know how he feels about the media per his Instagram stories the last two days. Today. He's just, so, not gonna, he's just not going to talk to them. He's going to yeah. ignore them and get fined. And the organization starts to get fined too. So I, I think it's going to be tumultuous. Yeah, you know, not not great. So I mean, so, just uh, think about what happens. They go on a, a three-game losing streak, and you know, say KD misses, you know, has a couple of bad games, but Kyrie scores thirty, you know, and it's like all of a ball. sudden, pass the ball. <laughs> all of a sudden, you know, maybe KD misses a. a a game-winning shot, and they lose their third in a row, and all that shit that t- Kyrie talked at the beginning of the year. I've never had someone I can rely on to hit the game-winning shot, and oh yeah, there you, you go. Know, what a bunch and, of garbage. <laughs> and there it goes. And it's just see, that's what I'm looking at. It's the overall health, and how can these two like? You know, Kyrie, we don't need a coach. I could be the coach. KD could be the coach. It doesn't matter. We don't need a coach. It's like, oh, my God. You're talking about a two-time MVP who played the same position as you. Oh, but but but, but, but it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what he did. It it, it just oh – God. It, Is he a pawn, like, too? Do you not talk to him because he's a pawn? <laughs> well, it was – I mean, it, we, it, it, but it's funny. If like it, it, He's like a vice president of the Players Association, too. Like he's high. They voted the players voted him in a high position. I'm like, who who's listening to you? And I and I've told Jay this. My biggest worry is that Tatum is like buddies with Kyrie Irving. And I'm just like, get away from him. Like, I don't want the remnants or whatever muck is coming off of him to kind of stick with the Celtics. So all right. So with that, another question out of left field, because that's the type I'm gonna do tonight. So I don't know if you guys have seen the new city jerseys that have come out in the last couple of weeks that the team have released. Who has the best and who has the worst of these new jerseys, these city jerseys? I have not seen those. Let me look at these real quick. Yeah. I, well, yeah I'm I'll, look, I'll, I'll, come, I'll, come, up, I'll come up and say Phoenix right off the top as being the best. I love the Valley. That thing is hot. That's like almost Miami Vice-ish, but uh, in the Southwest. I, I have to say the Spurs going back to the old Fiesta color jersey lines. Ooh, the pink and the the pastels, right? The pink, the white, and the blue. Uh, is Milwaukee ch- going to their like the white? Uh, the city they're, they're doing the white and the blues, like the old LA, the lot, the old Laker blue colors. Yeah, yeah not yeah. not My, not terrible. But I, I can't tell you the words. San, San Antonio. You like yeah, San Antonio? San, I like San Antonio or Miami. I like both. Oh, yeah, the Mi- in Miami Vice. Well, did you look at the Phoenix Suns, man? I, there's a great picture of that's, Chris Paul. Yeah. I like the Valley. I love it. Death Valley. That's not, yeah, with like the almost blocky uh, background. 
and it fades from black to yellow to orange into purple into black again. That's cool. I like it. Yeah, I, like, I, like, I, like, I like Phoenix. Well, well, do you know what the worst one is? Uh, yes. <laughs> it's because it's your team. What does the Celtics one look like? I mean, oh, Celtics no, the Celtics. The Celtics ones is just like the championship banner. So it says Boston Celtics on it, like the rafters. Hmm. Uh, I'm going to go for the worst. The yellow Bucks jerseys that have like the quarter red up on one shoulder with the yellow Nike logo. Those are horrendous looking. Like it's yellow and it has bucks <laughs> oh, down one that. side that and then the, the one corner of red with a number underneath. Don't like those. Don't like Orlando those. with the orange pinstripes. Those are bad. Ooh, yeah. Oh, that's gross. Yeah. It's like a, um, it's like a, it's like a it's awful. Yeah, the camouflage spurs is weird. Uh, well, no, the, 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 that is the camouflage one is different. So th- these are just the city jerseys. So, uh, but yeah, no, it is Oakland. The, the, the golden state one has the old warriors, like red and blue icon. Yeah, yeah I don't like that one. Um, and then you have a uh, sack town, which I think is can go in many different oh, okay. ways. How about these Brooklyn ones? And it just says B-K-L-Y-N. And then it almost looks like, I get it's supposed to be like a, a, a basketball court. Graffiti. But it almost looks yeah. like it's in parentheses and says Nets underneath. Like, that's a I, design I, that. <laughs> I have to say, though, the one jersey which makes me chuckle. Or actually, no, sorry, not chuckle. The, but here's the funny thing. The Brooklyn Nets uh arena flooring for those games is the old new jersey nets flooring mm-hmm. so the old like nets logo and stuff is going to be center court which i'm like that I'm, I'm okay with that so yeah ch- like i said check them out if you know our, our listeners out there and our viewers let check it out some of them are really interesting uh dallas is all gold for their um 10 year anniversary of their last championship and their 40th anniversary as an nba franchise like so it's you, actually man. Like the the orange and blue like wave like those uh those old logo athletic and uh hats that you could get that had like the big like spikes on the, the brim and the the front. So like I said, I just figured it was uh some interesting jerseys and I didn't know people saw them. I figured we kind of get every I'm not a fan of the Celtics jerseys, like the Celtics jerseys are pretty like classic already. Yeah. Yeah, it's like they didn't do much to them. You know? Yeah, Nothing. They're, they're traditional, boring anyway. So yeah, <laughs> they don't they don't make those changes. So it, it's fitting. So uh, right. it, if you want to go ugly, there you go. It's just like they didn't really do much. Everyone All else right. did something uh, big leaps. <laughs> All right. So with that, we are going to jump into the Western Conference picks. I have a very strong feeling we know who the consensus number one is going to be, most likely. Uh, but let's see who it is. So Jay, why don't you start with your top two of the West? All right, obviously it's pretty easy. I think the uh, Lakers for sure. They they got stronger with Montrez Harrell and Dennis Schroeder. Uh, the team Nucleus is uh, pretty much there with uh, Anthony Davis and LeBron James, um, two of the best players, two uh, two best players in the NBA uh, on the same team. Uh, it's going to be tough. Um, I think what's going to play a big factor there too is the the, the lax rules for the load management. Uh, Pat, I know you had like a whole show about that, but. Uh, 
they they kind of increased this to load management for this season because of it being a shorter season off season with the COVID circumstances as well. There's going to be a lot of different times where uh, some of these top players will be able to sit national televised games now. So I think that's going to be something for uh, for to watch for the Lakers. Where again, I think they still would be the one seed or two seed or whatever it may be. Um, but uh, I think the regular season is not a big deal for them. You know, they're going to make their waves no matter what. Uh, but the second team, obviously, uh, I did this last year. I'm going to stay with it, uh, the Clippers, because I also believe that they did get better. Um, I know they had to, they, they had a lot of bubble problems, uh, as, you know, as far as um, Paul George played like absolute ass uh, throughout the whole playoffs and uh, kind of came out and said, hey, he, was, he wasn't in a good headspace. And uh, th- that worries me in a, in a sense, but uh, he's kind of trying to say all the right things now that he, you know, he kind of sold out Doc Rivers as he on his way out that uh, they he was used uh, incorrectly. Um, but as the st- stats showed, they, he, he was doing exactly the same thing he was doing his whole career. So I don't really know what he's talking about other than just to make the scapegoat Doc Rivers, which uh, I'm sure there's a lot of stats behind Doc Rivers. We know about that, where he, he, he does have a, a problem sometimes when the team walks out the door on him and you, you kind of see that happen. But I think Ty Lue is now the new coach. Um, he was sought after. And I think the players love Ty Lue for whatever reason. Uh, I always thought he was just kind of like this uh, guy sitting in a suit next to LeBron and riding the coattails with him. But uh, he's very sought after. And a lot of people like Ty Lue uh, as far as a coach. Uh, he brought on Kenny Atkinson, who was the uh, Nets old coach, um, who for a while was doing some really good things for the Nets organization. Um, but he he was let go uh, halfway through the season last year because they were underperforming. And Chauncey Billups, which is, uh, I think, one of the, you know, during his career, I think just very uh, steadfast player, very smart, high IQ if you want to get passion at a, you know, a team to play for you, Chauncey Billups is now on that coaching staff. So, uh, they also picked up Luke Kennard and Serge Ibaka. Luke Kennard was on Detroit. He was hidden away there, and the guy can stroke from three. He's a hell of a player. He's going to come off the bench. They brought in some more shooting for those wings. Serge Ibaka is going to be another bench guy, pedigree, champion, uh, and the guy can stretch. The guy was hitting threes last year you know, against the Celtics. And I'm like, what the fuck is this guy? Oh, you know, like, who, who is this guy? If he would have played more. He, he, you know, he was the reason if he played more minutes, they would have beaten the Celtics, but instead they kept going with Marcus Gasol, who <laughs> went to the Lakers. So to me, I think they got the better of the deal watching that Celtic game, watching Toronto play. So, uh, I think it's Lakers Clippers guys. All right. What about you, uh, Patrick? Okay. Well, I agree with uh, a lot of what, uh, Jay said there, um, I mean, it's kind of hard to go against the uh, defending champs when you get better. You know? yeah. um, I don't know if they're going to miss Danny Green. Um, I don't know if they're going to miss Rondo. Uh, well, let me preface that by, I don't know if they're going to miss playoff Rondo. Because <clears throat> Rondo was a solid number three option, you know, in the, the stretches where, either uh, LeBron or Anthony Davis were not at the level where they needed to be. Like they were just kind of treading water instead of like excel like they usually do. And Rondo was kind of there to sort of lift them up and 
really take them where they needed to be. Um, I was kind of surprised by the amount of money Rondo left for and like didn't go to a, com a competing team. It's like, I want to earn my money. It's like making like 7 million. Like that's, that's really not what I expected you to be making. Well, he's also one of the few uh, few players who have a ring from the Celtics and the Lakers. Just yeah, but I mean, if this was about money, which he said it was, like, you could probably get more from somebody better. But I'm gonna kind of break away because uh, I don't think Paul George is gonna make that next step. Um, I don't think I think what we saw from him is what we're gonna get. Like. Um, I am going to go out and say, because uh, it's one of my favorite players in the league on this team. Um, I think the Dallas Mavericks are going to take, uh, are going to actually, I think they can take the uh, Western Conference, uh, if not this year, then in the very near future. Um, they are, Luka Doncic is as unstoppable as a player as you can find. Like the guy was playing hurt and he was still, absolutely amazing in the bubble um and that was without porzingis you know for the most part um i think these guys have a solid court uh mark cuban's probably the best owner in all of sports when it comes to making sure his players are comfortable getting them what they need um i am gonna i'm gonna go uh lakers mavericks this year that's what pick I like that. I like that. What about you, Corey? Um, with Patrick, uh, Lakers, of course. I mean, shorter he replaces Rondo, Matthew Green spot, and then I think Harris and Marl, that might be better than what Dwight and JaVale had. Uh, and again, they're returning champs. You can't, my, my thing is you can't bet against returning champs. They're always there. With the Mavs, I mean, they put me on to Luka two years ago, and I was on him. The kid can ball, so I'm I'm right with Patrick. Uh, Lakers, Clippers, I mean, Mavericks, uh, Western Conference Finals. Yeah, I mean, for me, I think it's just the Lakers. I think the Lakers are just they're they're set up for f three, four more years. Especially LeBron just signed another a two year extension to stay there. So he's I think. Oh yeah, and and like I said, he's he's happy being the Lakers. Um, so Celtics enjoy being tied for the most championships in uh, NBA history for you know for this season because I think you're going to be second place soon enough. Um, you know, and then and then for like again, everybody Dallas is just Luka Doncic is a beast with that ball, and he took a he took a great step in the bubble. I think he's going to take another step because like I said, he just got a lot more uh, attention. And I think he's, he's very smart. He's one of the smarter players out there. So he's just going to elevate his game and he's learning the game and playing it at a level, which is just awesome. Um, I think, but again, you know, could Denver make a run? Denver looked good. I mean, I think they literally got lucky a couple of those rounds, you know, coming back. But, you know, but you could tell, I think, when they're playing the, the, the Lakers, they were just, you know, they were just getting destroyed um, pretty easily. But hopefully that was a learning experience and, you know, it was just, you know, a lot of miles on those, you know, on that team as they were playing a game. I think they played a game every day, every other day for three weeks. That's how it felt like they were on. So, you know, but again, I'm with the majority of the group here. Is I think Dallas, I think Dallas is the best team in the West to make a run at uh, the Lakers for that, for that, for that title. But I think it's, it's I think it's the Lakers all day. 
So, all right. So with that, here's another fantastic question. Will Harden be traded this season? If so, where? He's staying put. Okay. So Corey says he's not moving yeah. anywhere. What about you, uh, Patrick? Well, if his uh, if his current behavior is uh, indicative of what we're going to see from him throughout this year, um, you know, this was what our, our my last episode of the Loud of Sports show was about. We called it Raging Harden. Oh, oh um, yeah. Because um, loyalty apparently means nothing in the NBA. Like, oh, you signed this contract. Well, I don't want to do this anymore. So send me somewhere else. And this is a guy who Houston has done absolutely everything over the past almost decade, given him every player that he wants. Um, And now he's mad that he wasn't consulted on who his coach should be. Um, after they, you know, they've mortgaged their future. They mortgaged their future to get Chris Paul in. Then they did it even further into the future to get Westbrook in. And, you know, after a while, you got to start thinking the common denominator is you. So unless you are going to get, and I've heard Max Kellerman say this over and over and over again, when Jerry Buss was approached by Kobe Bryant, and Kobe said, "I want to get, I want to get out of here. I want to trade." Buss told him you are a five carat diamond. I'm not going to trade you for five one carat diamonds. And that's how Houston has to look at this. Um, Harden is easily the best one-on-one player in the league, uh, but he has to understand that his style of play is not going to be conducive to winning a championship. And it's been proven over and over again. Um, I think that he will stay put this entire year. I don't think he's going anywhere unless they get an absolute haul. The only thing I think of is maybe Doc Rivers gets tired of Ben Simmons refusing to shoot outside of five feet. Uh, And I I know it's, it's funny, but like I've done research on this and I've written articles. He does not shoot outside of five feet, like outside of five feet, his, his uh, shooting percentage drops by like 30 points. It goes from like 60 to like, 36 like he cannot shoot outside of five feet and if you want to shoot outside of 10 feet now we shoot in, in you know high double digits like 17 18 he is absolutely awful when it comes to shooting the ball and if you were a six foot 10 point guard who cannot shoot yeah uh, i mean no i know a lot, a lot of people around the league think he's amazing and he's a great passer and a great defender but you know guys making 40 million at 17 points a game I could see that trade being made, you know, especially with Daryl Morey running uh, the 76ers and Doc Rivers being out there. Give it a year. I don't think it'll happen at the trade deadline because it's going to be too, too short, uh, especially this season. But, uh, yeah, I think uh, they'll show Harden that they're willing to play hardball and unless they get a great deal. I mean, look at what uh, Drew Holiday got. And not Drew. Uh, yeah, Drew Hall- from um, – from no. Milwaukee, like you know, picks and players and all kinds of stuff, and that's for a guy who, you know, to be honest, is a great two-way player, but is not, you know, a perennial MVP candidate. So unless they get blown away, uh, I don't see, I don't see Harden going anywhere this year. 
Yeah, I could totally see him going to the 76ers and just rotting in seven, in Philly. Um, but yeah, no, like I said, the, the only players that can move to match his salary are like Ben Simmons or like someone who signed a maxed contract because, you know, there's too much money that you have to match in the NBA. That's why NBA trades are so so fascinating, but at the same time, so difficult to do because of the money match. Uh, I don't think he'll be traded this season. I'm with everybody else. I, I just don't think a team A has the cap room to take him on as well as the assets to trade away. Um, so he's going to be, I think he might, if he goes, he's going to go at the, at the draft next year um, to someone who has a little bit more space. So, all right, cool. I like your busy answers. Awesome. Cool. Awesome. Let's keep going. Alrighty. Uh, so with that, we have uh rookie of the year. So this is a pick, which again, I'm not even going to give a take on because I'm just going to be talking out of my ass, which I do anyway, but I'm not even going to put my two cents in on this one. So uh, I figured this would be a very heavy Jay, Patrick, and Corey answer. So um, Jay, why don't you start first with your rookie of the year? All right. Excellent. Super, super excited. All right. So <clears throat> I'm going to go with Killian Hayes uh, out of Detroit. He's a six foot five point guard at 216 with a six foot eight wingspan. Guess what numbers those sound like? It's the same uh, body type as James Harden. This guy is 19 years old, played in France. He's great in the pick and roll. He's an elite IQ. He's a passer, a finisher. A hand, he's got sick handle. His step back three is already strong. 19. And Detroit sucks. So this guy's going to get points. This guy's going to get minutes, and they're going to. This guy's their future franchise point guard. Um, so I just think he's going to fill it up. And, uh, I think there's a lot of guys, there was a very top heavy draft. Minnesota still has, uh, Russell and cat. Like I said, Wiseman is on golden state. You know, he, he's going to get some lob city type stuff there. And that's probably it. Uh, I just think Killian Hayes is just going to have some, some, uh, like Malcolm Brogdon type numbers where it's going to be like a 10 and six type guy. Uh, and that's going to be the type of rookie of the year we're going to have like 2016 where like Joel Embiid was the rookie of the year, but he only played 30 games. So you're going to see like one of the, like Zion, he only played 40 games and that, you know, Jay, uh, John Morant was, was unbelievable. I mean, but I would have loved to have seen him go head to head. That was a lot better draft. So I just think, uh, Killian Hayes, he kind of came in the later round. I think he was like the seventh pick. Uh, and I think Detroit's a dumpster fire and this guy's just going to get tons of minutes and, uh, they're going to really work on him. All right, Patrick. Uh, as much as I, I hope I'm incorrect, I think it's probably going to be uh, LaMelo Ball. Uh, I think it's going to be a similar situation. He's going to be dealing with guys like, uh, you know, with Hayward and, you know, with all the other established players that are already down in that in that team. Uh, his passing ability is going to really help him. Uh, plus, there's already a lot of hype around him. Um that's what kind of bothers me, you know, about, about these rookie of the years, you know, especially the last few years, you know, you see a guy like Ben Simmons getting it over, um, over, uh, Jason Tatum, despite the fact that Simmons wasn't a rookie, it was his second year, but somehow they still gave right. it to him. Yeah. Uh, you know, and like what Jay just said about Zion, everyone's like Zion, 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 Zion. He doesn't play half the season. John Moran's tearing it up in Memphis, single-handedly keeping them in the playoffs then Zion plays two games. They're like, give him rookie of the year. He's the best. Oh my God. He's amazing. It's like, the team is terrible. Like, and John Rand is actually making his team better. Like 
yeah, Zion has, you know, these intangible skills and he's a very good player, but maybe let's see him play like three games in a row. Like, can we, can we do that? <laughs> but I think we're going to see the similar type of thing, like no matter what, you know, cause ESPN tends to do this where they latch on to a player and no matter what that player does, they're the greatest. They're the best. Um, doesn't always work out. Remember Tim Tebow? Remember how good Tim Tebow was? And it was nonstop Tebow coverage. Hey, Corey, do you love Tim Tebow? <laughs> do you remember? Do you remember that playoff game? Was that who were they playing? The listen, it, it, listen. It, the, the air carried the ball a little bit too far. That's what had happened. That's what I saw when it happened. <laughs> what, had, what had happened was. <laughs> what happened was. <laughs> but yeah, it's. it's well, 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 that, well, 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 that's ESPN. ESPN cares about two sports. I know, so. but they, they do that, and then it infects, you know, everyone you start hearing, you know, the Stephen A's, the uh, Max Kellermans, you know, all these other guys that, you know, are on the ESPN payroll now have to toe the company line. Like, oh, man, did you see what he did last night? Oh, he's so amazing. Oh, he's so great. Oh, yeah, by the way, this other guy had, you know, 60 points on, you know, you know 27 of 30 shooting, and it was amazing. But yeah, you know, uh, Lamelo had like nine assists in 38 minutes. Like they, they already started doing that last night, though. Like yeah, I yeah. kept seeing on my feed, it, they just kept pumping out all these behind the back passes, and it's like, look at. Meanwhile, they're getting blown out by 20. I'm like, all right, all right, great. Yeah. Like, what and is that the C League that he's playing against too right now? Because they're getting blown out, and so, they're still they're still starting their five because it's Charlotte. Right. So no, so, I, I I totally agree. I I I mean I I was I wanted to lean on Melo, but because uh, I think I think he is a strong candidate, being uh being that he's on the Charlotte, right? I think it, all all good points. But yeah, but, I I would I would like to agree with you, but I think they're gonna end up giving it to Lamelo, even you know it's the same way you know in the in Major League Baseball, Mike Trout is in the MVP conversation every year, despite the fact that his team is thirty games drunk, under five hundred. Yeah. Yeah. But somehow that makes him the most valuable. Yeah, he's the face. God bless, God, face God, of bless the uh, God bless analytics and all the sports down. So yeah, I wonder how they how how did they determine anybody was good before war was a stat? <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> I don't know. What are you going to do? Watch the games? <laughs> I mean, or, trust me, in Jake and Tessa, I could do a full episode. Mm-hmm. On what's wrong with Major League Baseball, and it would be, it would, well, nobody cares, so we don't. No one cares. It's like it's yelling into a vacuum. The best thing for that sport to do is to go on strike and die, and then come back. So, but anyway, Corey, what about you with your rookie of the year? Lamelo, and I, I think it, it come it, one. Yes, I don't want him to win it. One because you have to hear from going to hear from his father for the next twelve months. Saying he's he's it's already started that my son's getting MVP. The kid can ball. He was the, the, the highest draft pick. I mean, number three overall. He is going to Charlotte with, who, who do you have? Devontae Graham, P.J. Washington, jo- Gordon Hayward. He's going to be the primary, you know, ball handler. He's going to be the guy. But, again, he wins it. You're going to hear from his father. His father's going to, it's going to push for that. That's why he's going to get it. He was the best he, player in Lithuania. Well, well, well that, that's, he does have experience. That's the one thing I give him above, like, the kids coming out of college. He has some of that pro experience, 30-year-old ball, so he can, he'll match up with the NBA guys, I think, a little bit better. You know? He's got size. You know, he doesn't he, play he does have size on him, yeah. And he plays, again, what I've seen, he plays different than his, his brothers, which is nice. He's not the same person. He's not, he's not the clone of the same ball brother. Yeah, Did you guys exactly. see his grill? Did you see his grill? Oh, no. He has a great diamonds, man. He got diamonds. 
that, oh, because he can, man. He's the number Charlotte. <laughs> that, that you know, and he also made a statement how he's not going to spend any of his salary because this guy's like Instagram famous, man. This guy doesn't fucking need NBA money. This guy's famous. I think that's going to over like shadow everything he does in the NBA. Is how famous this kid is, which oh. is unfortunate. I think he's a, I think he's a good player, but I think he he's got a lot around him, man. He's kind of one of those uh, TikTok type. He's famous in a whole nother way, man. Like which he, never, which never works out poorly for the uh, guy in question. Oh, never, <laughs> never. <laughs> so, all right. So, with that, we have two questions that are list, but this is the last question out of the blue that you guys know nothing about. So, uh, this one is very much current events. Will the NBA delay or cancel the season if there is a COVID nineteen outbreak? Unlike what the NFL does, because God forbid they delay a week because they have nothing else going on. They just won't let that player play, I think. They'll just go to the bubble, you know? Yeah, they I must have some MVP plan in place where if shit gets they, if it's crazy, they'll they delay it, right. it and then do a bubble-type scenario. Got to have the, that. The, the NBA did it right from the start with the bubble, you know? Mm-hmm. If, if you test positive, you're just not coming, you know? We're shutting you down. We're quarantining what's, what's worst case? They Instead of, what is it, 72 games? They only got in, what, 60, 62 last year? So. They got 72 games in last year. It should Did be 62 games. Just, I'm fine oh, with that. They played more into the bubble. Yeah. Yeah, they're the playing series. Um, I think, again, I'm with you guys. I think the NBA and the NHL handled, handled the last season perfectly. Um, I think the NFL is the NFL, and they're going to do whatever they want because people still will turn on the game on Sunday and watch it regardless of what's going on. Same thing in Major League Baseball. Who the hell cares? Um but I, I'm with you. I think if I think they, they would be they would pre pre shut down earlier for like we're gonna take two weeks off. We're gonna clean all the arenas. Everybody's gonna quarantine and then they'll restart up. Uh, you know, and especially with the vi- the vaccine coming as out as it's gonna start coming out more and more frequently, I I could definitely see them basically being like we're shutting it down for a while. I think one with Jay, there has to be a contingency plan that we don't know about. Isn't the player safety book like 190 some odd pages or something like that? Like yeah, they, they, they got a fail safe plan. Also, uh, yeah. Vaccines come out, wait until the shit storm when they start getting tested before a lot of other people, just cause they, you know, they're, they have all the money to do whatever the hell they want to do through private organizations. So to me, I can't wait for that shit storm. Like wait, wait until these vaccines start loading out and the NBA's getting them. The NFL's getting them, you know, all these, no one else. what the fuck? Like, Oh yeah. I mean, I mean, you, you had that with the testing. Remember that was the thing with the NBA yeah, and the NBA, yeah, they were they were all these testing and they were like, well, States don't have testing capabilities, but the NBA somehow does. Some of these um, owners are like owners of pharmaceutical. Like these guys yeah, are 15 paid. minute tests. That's, yeah. what the, that's what the NBA has. Yeah. Money well, a test. Well, they also had those rings, right? Whatever those like those like data rings or whatever they were. Yeah. So, all right, okay, good, good, good. All right. Yeah, I'm, so I'm with you guys, I think that there would be a, I think that they would do a two week shutdown because um, I think Adam Silver is the best commissioner in sports. Uh, yeah, I think he's 100%. he's one of the smartest too, and he's he's going to have something ready to go. So I'm I'm right there with you guys, and they'll err on the side of player safety. They were the first to shut down. They were the first to shut down. Yep. Yeah. What they shut down, then NHL shut down, and then college hockey basketball got shut down. It was like a three day thing. Mm-hmm. So, okay. All right. So with that, we're into our home stretch. So with that, uh, what do you? Who do you think will be the MVP this season? 
Uh, let's go with Corey. Luca, got to go with Luca. Like I said, Jay put me on a Luca. He's amazing. Bubble games gave me a chance to watch him. West Coast games, they were on at two thirty. I'm like, this is awesome. So I got to see him play a lot. I mean, what did he have? He he posted twenty five triple doubles, um, in his in his in his, in his in his total career right now. He had seventeen last season. He's averaging thirty points a game almost, ten rebounds, ten assists. I mean, you can't hate on him. He has to win it. If he doesn't win it, there's something going on that we don't know about. Oh, it's a it's a shoe in. As long as that guy plays fifty games, he's got it. What do you think, Pat? He he needs a healthy Porzingis too. He does need that. I'm right there with you. I mean, I think that if Porzingis does end up missing some time, as he is prone to do, um, they'll stay in the playoff hunt simply because Luca will put that team on his shoulders. you know, maybe I'm a bit biased because my brother is a, a hardcore Dallas Mavericks fan and has been for a long, long time. Which, which brother is this? My youngest brother, Dave. Like, we, we give him a lot of shit because he loves Dirk Nowitzki. Uh, actually, when, every time the Celtics would play the Mavs, he would be there uh, in Boston. And the last game, he got Dirk to sign his hat. Oh, crazy. I love Dirk. It's just he, his style of play was never mine. I'm I'm five foot eight, so it's yeah. like well, I would go seven feet and shoot like I can shoot like Dirk. Not a fatal way, but uh. <laughs> yeah, I mean he's my brother's the same way. He's he says he's five nine, which he's not. He's five seven if the sun hits him just right. But yeah, I I I love Luca. Watching Luca play, he's he's probably my favorite player in the NBA. I love Luca. He does everything and he's just it's almost effortless to him like no disrespect to to Giannis or you know any of these other guys you know especially you know the hometown guys Tatum and and uh and Brown I don't think Brown's you know MVP anytime I don't think he's an MVP guy Tatum maybe someday but Luca yeah Luca is one of those guys he's going to be in the conversation uh for the next 10 years as long as he stays healthy and yeah, I'm with you. If he plays 50 games, it's it's Luca. Yeah, but what do you think about Anthony Davis? I think I think there was a strong push from LeBron that he really wants Anthony Davis. That was kind of like one of his ploys to get him over to, you know, uh, over to LA. Is like I want this guy to get the MVP. Like I think he's really gonna a booster him up as much as possible and just because he he can take a step or, back. He's an older, you know, know. Obviously, I think he's gonna he's gonna put a lot of pressure on. on, on, on I'll him. tell you. I'll tell you why guys like that, like KD can't get it. Uh, Harden couldn't get it. Um, You know, now um, Anthony Davis can't get it because you can't have two of the top 10 players in the league being on your team and And call them and and have, have you MVP. Cause it's like, well, if he was bad, Oh, he just has LeBron James backing him up. Oh, okay. You know, like if Luca doesn't play well and, you know, you have Porzingis who can be good, but, you know, let him play a whole season first. Let's see what happens. You know, if, you know, Durant, you know, is having a rough game, he's got Kyrie Irving behind him, you know, Harden forever has had all these other players on his team. And yeah, you know, you know, he, he won it a couple of times, but Chris Paul was not the same player. Neither was Dwight Howard when he was winning those MVPs. Uh, Giannis, I mean, yeah, Chris Middleton's making $40 million, but he, he shouldn't be. 
Um, <laughs> so it's so, and he does have uh, an all defensive, you know, all NBA defensive center in, in uh, Robin Lopez. So, I mean, he's got some help there, but Lopez isn't going to get you twenty points a game. You know, maybe once or twice, but yeah, you can't have one of the best guys playing next to you. You know, like you have two of the top players in the entire league. And there's only five guys on the court at the same time. So, no, I, 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 maybe after LeBron leaves, after he retires or goes back to Cleveland or wins his sixth championship when he's 48 <laughs> years old, um, <laughs> after he plays for every single team in the league and uh, <laughs> retires, retires after his son does, uh, so he can get that elusive sixth championship. Um, but no, it, not with you. That'd be like, you know, Pippen winning it with Jordan next to him. It's like, oh, Scotty Pippen's the MVP. No. Yeah. I mean, I've made the argument that uh, the year that Peyton Manning was hurt, he should have gotten MVP because his team went from Super Bowl contender to number one pick in the draft. And I'm like, there's my MVP pick right there. Well, it's Uh, the reason why he kept winning them. So, I mean, that's, that's me. So I, I I say no. There's no way Anthony Davis wins um, with with LeBron on his team. I don't care what yeah. LeBron does. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I'm with you. Like I'm with everybody else. I think Luca is the is the is the one who has the best shot. I mean, he did finish fourth in the voting uh, this past year. Um, again, another year, another seasoning of him. He got through his sophomore year. Um, you know, without injury, um, you know, he's just going to get better. Uh, especially, like I said, if Porzingis can stay healthy and provide to be the Porzingis he was with the Knicks, you know, early on, that's going to be a tough little, you know, do it a beat. Um, you know, and like I said, for them, if they can get in the middle of the playoffs, you know, three, four, five seed, they're going to make a lot of noise very quickly. And I think they match up very, very well with the Lakers. Um, I was just sad we didn't really get the what did they did they play the playoffs? No, they didn't play the playoffs last year, did they? Yeah, they lost yeah. to the Clippers. No, no, I'm saying that the the the, the, the Dal- Dallas didn't play the Lakers, right? They oh no, 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 no. Okay. They lost. They lost to L.A. I believe. So, Porzingis yeah, was hurt. Yeah. So for for me, it's just it's very much. I think Luca is the future of the NBA for, to to a point. Um, I think is he he's very well to help bring in the international market if you want to break it down by international in the United States. I think between him and LeBron, you have a very very good and even Giannis, a very good trio of international players you can showcase. Um, you know, so let's see what they actually do with it. Um, yeah, I think, it, you know, like Corey was saying, having the bubble and having the, the opportunity where, like, there's a, a West Coast game on at 2 o'clock in the afternoon, getting a seed poison, um Luca play was a huge boost. Can we have the playoffs, the NBA playoffs this year, the same way they did, like, the college basketball playoffs? Because that would be like, it was, I, especially if there's no one in the stands. Like, who cares about ratings? Because uh, I, I, I love flipping between that and the NHL doing those afternoon games when you're home staring at your wall, like, <laughs> like it's a magic eye painting. So, you know. Well, I mean, yeah. look at how look at the uh, the Christmas schedule. I mean, they they're playing on Christmas. I think I think they're playing the Warriors. Lakers. No, they're playing the Lakers. Lakers. Yeah, LeBron, like, LeBron versus Luca right away. That's a that's a huge that's huge matchup. Like if you're playing the Lakers on on Christmas Day, 
the NBA wants you to be showcased, and, yeah. and that's what's really going to happen. You're going to see a lot more primetime games. Hopefully, yep. and they're, they're in Texas, so it's only like two hour difference. So, especially Dallas, that's more on the eastern side. So, they're not like three hours away, which is not a right. bad thing. Um, but no, I, again, I, I was just throwing Anthony Davis just to throw it out there. Uh, I do pick Luca for sure, and one of the one of my main reasons is don't sleep on my man James Johnson, aka Bloodsport. This guy is going to be the enforcer. Did you watch what Marcus Morris was was clowning Luca, and Luca was still dropping like forty points? They were beating the hell out of him. They were giving the Michael Jordan treatment, Jordan rules treatment. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of respect, and that was a lot of dialogue, a lot of narrative happening. But Dallas is the team around was soft. There was nobody stepping in. Luca had to be tough at, you know, at what, 20, try to bat, you know, pump up his chest against Marcus Morris, who's a clown. Uh, So this guy, James Johnson, man, tats up to his, you know, up to his chin. Uh, Go look him up. AKA blood sport. This guy is a mean dog. And he's like, he's going to be the enforcer there. He's going to protect Luca. And you're going to see teams are not going to want to do what they did to him. Uh, cause this guy, this guy will come after you. So, uh, don't sleep on that uh, acquisition there. They're, they're, they're protecting him. This organization is building this team around him correctly. Uh, they drafted this kid, Tyrell Terry. I think he's a Stanford guy. Is that right? I think he was he, rookie. Uh, he just, you know, drafted in the first round, first pick. This guy is 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 a lightning bolt, and he's going to come off the bench, and he's going to be a little point guard, and it's just they're going to be an awesome team to watch, and it's all built around Luca. It's going to be great. Oh, hundred percent, hundred percent. He has full potential yet. He's still young. He's still, you know, he hasn't hit his prime. Yeah. He, he's he's eight years from his prime. That's the crazy oh, yeah. part. He's, you know, that's why I'm saying like, and I I, I hope he does. Like, I'm sure if Dave's listening. Uh, he stays with Dallas as long as Dirk was because I love that whole – I want that to happen. And if uh, Mark Cuban has anything to do with it, he will, and that's awesome. And then, again, uh, if you get to it, you know, they're still in the, the, the Giannis sweepstakes if, if, if everything works out well. That's so. my number one destination for Giannis to go next year. Yeah, why not? I mean, are you fucking it's going to be Team Europe, dude. It's going to be Team Europe. Oh, it's going to be awesome. It, it's just That'd they're going to so be awesome. dominating the NBA, and I'm going to love it. And I'm just like, ah, all you, you know, like the, I can't wait for Europe to just own the NBA for like five years. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> It'd be amazing. So with that, again, this is kind of apologize. Before we go to the wor- best team in the NBA, who's going to be the worst team in the NBA, and who will get that number one draft pick? Because we all know the lottery is rigged. So, I mean, it's going to be the Knicks. So, that's just my vote because the Knicks are terrible. Well, they haven't gotten the number one pick in a long time. Um, If it was rigged, they would have gotten it. I mean, I know they rigged it so LeBron would go either not leave or go back to Cleveland for uh, many. Would they win like three out of four years? They got the number one pick. Um, Yeah, crazy. Yeah, oh, it's not rigged. This is just the way it works. Um, oh, yeah, no, and Anthony Davis goes to the Lakers, and then somehow they get the number one draft pick. Yeah. Pelicans. Yeah, that's that's usually the way it works. Um, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go – it won't be the Knicks. Knicks will end up, like, number seven because they always get screwed over because their owner is an absolute tool bag. Um, oh, this is tough. I am going to say, oh, I don't know. 
So I, th- I wanted to throw a big curveball right towards the end. I'm going to say Detroit, guys. Detroit. That team's a Detroit, fucking yeah. dumpster fire. Despite the fact they have. Yeah, they they're building with Killian uh, Killian Hayes, which is just a point guard. So they're you know, and this this draft next you know coming up, I mean, it, it, it's a lot of it's a lot of big guys coming out of out of college so far. And if you're watching any Cade Cunningham, throw that name out to you guys right now. Like, guy is a fucking force, and he's quote unquote a six seven point guard, and he's just dominating. The guy's his wingspan six eleven. It's almost seven feet. This guy's, fucking, this guy's fucking huge. So anyway, um, I'm gonna go Detroit. Just that team's just all centers. <laughs> it's just it's ridiculous. <laughs> I don't know how the hell they're gonna play the way that they play now. Like I can't. Right. I, you know, if you're in fantasy basketball, start everybody against uh, Detroit. Ooh, the bullets, huh? I, you know, they added. You know, it's like there was a, a meme that uh, went around once uh, Westbrook was uh, requesting a trade. It's like, oh, Westbrook with an athletic slam. Oh, and he's pumping his chest. Anyways, Nick's <laughs> down by 37. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that's that's what, like, we're going to see Bradley Beal get moved uh, because he's going to be like, I can't play with this asshole. Like, <laughs> I can't. Uh, he's just the worst He's um, another 2023 available pick there, James. Brad uh, deal. His contract is super stacked. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, he might. I mean, Beal and Beal and Wall work together because they had a good dynamic. Westbrook worked when there's no one around him because all he wants to do. Like, have you seen like some of the plays where he'd be like. Steven Adams would like block a guy out and like back off so that Westbrook could get the re- rebound. Like it's, <laughs> I average a triple double. Yeah. Well, when the guys are knocking the ball over to you, like it's not quite the same. It's like letting your little cousin beat you in basketball. Like it's, yeah. Like, oh, I missed the shot. And it bounced right to you. Oh, no. <laughs> Who would have thought it? Take a shot again. Let yeah. me pick you up and have you slam dunk. There you go. He's, yeah, no, Westbrook is my least favorite. Like, off the court, good guy. Like, you know, he's always given money to charity. Like, at the bubble, he gave, like, $8,000 in tips to the hotel staff. Uh, and he didn't trash his room. He left his room immaculate. Like, you know, good guy off the court. But as a basketball player, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want him within 100 feet of my team. I have to say the Thunder is the most under, under, under accomplished team in the last five years. Why they only had three MVPs on <laughs> the last do? five years. <laughs> I mean, next to the Celtics, but that's a completely different story. Um, <laughs> I am a Celtics fan too, and I will rip my Celtics team left and right. So, with that, we have the worst team in the league. Let's go to the winner of the 2021 NBA Larry O'Brien Trophy. Uh, so with that, we will start with Corey, who is your champion. Did I do that right? Yep. Yep, you did it right. <laughs> that's right. That's, that's, right. Way. that's, that's a square. <laughs> LA the Clippers. Lakers. The Clippers, huh? Oh, no, right. not the Clippers, the other the, the real LA. The There's Lakers. no team in Las um, Vegas. <laughs> yet. Lakers, because again, they still have LeBron and AD. Uh 
we went over it. You know, they have everything. And they're, they're the returning champs. And like you said, Patrick, they got better. They yeah. got better. So how can you hate on them? Barring any injury, what's going to stop them? Besides Luca. Yeah, as currently constructed, <clears throat> I mean, if we're just going on paper, which, you know, is obviously always a dangerous thing to do. Um, if we're just going on paper, I mean, the Lakers got better. Uh, they lost a couple of key pieces, like I said, Danny Green and, and, uh, and Dwight Howard and Rondo leaving. But at the same time, Schroeder for Rondo, Harold for Harold uh, for yeah. who's that the big doofy center that they had that was always terrible. JaVale McGee, JaVale uh, McGee. <laughs> losing McGee was addition by subtraction. Um, yeah, I maybe Milwaukee can take a run at him, um, but it's probably probably going to be the Lakers again. That's one in the East is going to stop him. No. Yeah, maybe only only Milwaukee because nobody else has the horses to run with both LeBron and and AD. Nobody. I mean, maybe Miami. Miami. Yeah, That's Miami it. came close. Bam is underrated. Like he's a he's a guy. It used to be Al Horford. Like Horford was like the only guy that could play against Embiid and Giannis and do fairly well. Bam. Uh, Bam matches up with Giannis really, really well. They're both, you know, they're similar size, similar built. I mean, Giannis is just a tank, but Bam's, you know, similar size. Bam gives him fits. He doesn't play as well against Bam as he does anybody else. Um, and they still have Hero. They still have Duncan Robinson. And those guys all have championship experience. Dragic is coming back. I mean, who knows what moves they're going to make at the trade deadline, you know, say, Beal's available and somehow they snag Bradley Beal away from uh you know Washington somehow, you know, who knows. But somebody's gonna do it. Pat Riley might be the guy. All right. So uh what about you, Jay? Are you on the, the LA Laker bandwagon? Fuck no, man. I've never have, never will. <laughs> LeBron. Uh, Milwaukee, I'm gonna go with Milwaukee. And the reason why, I mean, it's all going to come down to December 21st. That's when Milwaukee has the chance to extend a Supermax contract to Giannis. If he doesn't sign that 21st, you're going to see some really interesting things happen to Milwaukee. He's going to be an unrestricted free agent next year, uh, which probably scares Milwaukee in a sense that they've already fleeced their future uh, to keep, to bring in uh, Drew, uh, Drew Holiday. Uh, they, they're, like I mentioned at the top when they're eight or nine deep, I still think they have a pretty deep roster. I think this is Giannis's time to the way that he's always been talking about Milwaukee. He wants to stay. He wants to stay there. I know. I think it's all fodder and a lot of talk that if he does go somewhere, a lot of sweepstakes, whatever, I think it's just NBA talk. I, I, if anybody stays, he he is a a, a candidate for that because I think he just wants to win. He he's a very gritty, old school type basketball player from the '90s that I always grew up and remember. That this guy just wants to fucking win. He wants to win it in his town, and I think he wants to stay. But it's all contingent on December 21st. If he doesn't sign that supermax and then he goes unrestricted, that's going to be very fucking interesting for the NBA as a whole. I mean, the NBA is going to be one of the most sought after, talked about topics for the next year because where's Giannis going? Uh, then Milwaukee becomes a fucking dumpster fire. So, but if he do sign, 
then they're in it to win it. And that guy's going to try his ass off to win it this year. So I'm going to go with Milwaukee. Yeah, for me, I'm, I, I want Milwaukee to, to break through. I, I, I think I would, I would love uh, for Giannis to kind of, kind of get over that hump and get into the finals. And, you know, and I, th- I think it'll be a tough road, you know, a possible tough road for, for Giannis and the, the Bucks to get there. Like I said, they've struggled. You got some good competition in the East. It's just, it's not on the West is just far and above a separate league. Um, I mean, this is the year I wish you could have top 16 teams in the league. And that is your bracket, not separating the conferences and just your top 16. Um, because I think I would love to see a couple Western conference teams play each other in the finals. Uh, I think Lakers are going to get that 18th championship. I think that's it. That's, you know, now the Celtics are not playing catch up. Um, it's just LeBron is LeBron and AD are too good. Um, they got a nice little injection of youth this year. Um, my one concern about the Lakers is a unbelievably quick turnaround time for a lot of these older players. And B, and I, and, and this is, and, and, and I might get lambasted a little bit is the, is the emotional push to win a championship because Kobe's passing? Cause it felt like that was a very big motivation in some of these games. You're not going to have that this year. So if things get down or, or if they need an extra to go to that next level, are they going to be able to get it? Cause they were, that team was emotionally spent, I think because of the, the tragic loss of Kobe and winning the championship. So, you know, like I said, they, I think they're the favorite to win it, but I think with them going to the finals and winning it, I think there's a lot more possible exit offs because of unforeseen things. So well, like, like, like you said, I mean, in, injuries are always a big deal in the NBA. You have the COVID issue. Now they're starting to fly. There's going to have, you know, uh, quote unquote, uh, jet lag. There's going to be a lot of movement, a lot of quick pace games, a lot of turnarounds. Uh, I know the rules are a little lax in a sense that there will be a little bit more load management. Um, so I believe, you know, with guys like LeBron, you know, he's getting up there in age. And I always looked at the bubble as, you know, I, I, you know, Corey and I had had conversations about it and I joked around with him that they should put an asterisk on it just because I don't like LeBron James or the Lakers. But (laughs) in all seriousness, in all seriousness, if, if anybody could have survived in that bubble, it is LeBron James. This guy has this mechanism. He's like superhuman. So, and he was able to lead his team and really focus his team inside this bubble. And you saw what happened to LA Clippers. You saw a lot of other teams were having a lot of issues within this bubble after it's over. Nobody was talking about it when it was happening. And that's why teams like Milwaukee got bounced. Like these teams that you're just like, what's, what's, what's happening here? No, nothing seemed to, you know, I know what you said about Bam and Adebayo playing against uh, Giannis, but I still thought Milwaukee was going to be that juggernaut team coming out with all the wins that they had. The bubble was very weird in a sense that it was perfect fit for the Lakers. It was not Lakers as a team, but LeBron just, he he's ungodly unworldly. Like this guy is just, was so locked in, so dialed in. And I think that transcended down to his teammates and they played super, super well. They were having problems early and they figured it out and come to playoffs and their defense just took it to a whole nother level where you know Vogel is a more of a defensive minded coach. He was that way with the Pacers. And they were playing fucking amazing defense. Rondo was one of the best uh backcourt perimeter defensive players and he's gone. Uh and and Montrez Harrell 
he he ain't a defender, by the way. He he's more yeah. of a scorer. He he's gonna be an he's gonna be a uh an ain't not an anchor, just um yeah, maybe an anchor that just kind of not sinks the ship, but he he's a hole. Um, you know, his offense is gonna be amazing. They're gonna score a lot of points, but it was their defense. You go back, watch the tape. Their defense won that championship. Miami was really good offensively, and they were able to stop them with a lot of different looks, zones. It just kind of threw them off. Injuries happened with Miami, and you know they, you know that's why four two, and and uh, so I, I think there are still half flaws, and uh, I, I and this quick turnaround is going to be a detriment. I don't think it's going to be a benefit. Right. I, I, I I'm leaving it right there, thing. and you know I I point to Clay Thompson as a reason why they should have started the season in January. Yeah. No reason, you know. It's like, oh shit! I have three. Yeah, weeks we didn't even we didn't even get to shape. talk about Golden State, and they, and they were going to be one of my favorites coming out. You know, with especially with Wiseman and Clay and Draymond. I, I thought that team was going to be a juggernaut with Clay, with the whole team coming back. I was like, oh, they're going to be they're going to give uh, the Lakers something to think about because that offense is is pivotal. Mm. Well, and 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 I think in in my theory with the NBA starting as early as they did is they wanted that and they wanted that Christmas Day game. They wanted it back, yeah. and I think they, I think if they get into January, February to start the season again, it was going to throw off their calendar even more for next year. I think they they're doing their best to have the finals end in June when it normally ends because I think the experiment of them playing NBA playoff games into August, September, and October didn't work the way they thought it was going to because they figured they're going to go against the Major League Baseball and go up against the NHL, and they still had lower ratings because, you know, it's the summer and regard, even though it's the NBA, you're not watching the finals in August when you're out at the beach or you're doing stuff outside in a normal. Hey, were you at the beach during COVID? Who? Come on, dude. Are Seriously? you, are you, what? Come on, you yeah, I wore my mask. <laughs> well, not only that, you know, I, I, got, I just don't got the Olympics coming up and they want, they want to showcase their guys in the Olympics. Like that's, Really, the big thing since the Olympics happened. Um, no, so like I said, I I think it's gonna be a very interesting year. I think this is gonna be shadow overshot. I think there'll be a little bit of a shadow play with the college basketball and see how they do. Um, because I could, well, what didn't they say this year? They're waving like you can come out of high school and go into the draft this year. Did I? It's on it's on the docket for the next CBA, which is gonna be happening later on at the end of the season. Uh, but I, I don't think it would go into effect until 20, my favorite year, I guess, 2023, because the reason why that I know this is because that's when LeBron James son is going to be old enough to be drafted. And that's when, uh, what's his, uh, LeBron's contract is going to end. So you're going to see a mass exit. He's going to leave to find wherever his son goes. It's probably the Knicks and he's going to go to the Knicks with his son. And then the Knicks are going to be. A team I can't, in, in I three can't, years. I can't, yeah, I imagine that. Well, I, I would. Uh, it, I would it's, also it's all there. <laughs> if it, if these change these, these rules, he's going to be drafted by a shitty team, which would probably be the Knicks. And LeBron's going to go over there, and then the Knicks are going to be a thing again. Oh, that would be the worst. Yeah, it would be. That'd be all cool. Right. Dad and his son playing together. I think that's no, no, pretty that fucking would be amazing. Fine, but just not for the Knicks. Just exactly. I want. Something. I want that team to burn because unless I want Dolan tells the team. 
Yeah, I'll put that right there. I, I've been telling Corey all, all his whole career, uh, LeBron is very calculated. So I, I have a feeling that's what's really going to happen. So uh, <laughs> I, I'm predicting it now that LeBron is going to, to wherever his son is <laughs> when he drafts. Or if LeBron signs a, a deal, that team will get the number one pick. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you just won the championship and you got the number one pick. What are can you, the odds? Can you imagine that team getting the number one pick and being like, oh, guess what? I have I'm picking LeBron's son and we're gonna get LeBron at age 40. It's gonna be fucking awesome. Like it's like uh oh, Jesus. Oh let's hope God. let's hope you, that comes to be, right, Corey? Wouldn't you, you love that? What if it's the I Chicago it. Bulls? Wouldn't you love that? No, the Bulls are oh, gonna suck no. forever. <laughs> Cor- Cor- Corey, it's like it's like us Patriots fans. We got our six championships. We're all we're we're good for a while. We're good. We're good. We're good. Pittsburgh right. getting killed, by the way. What? What? Oh, sad. That's so sad. Killed. I'm so sorry. Twenty-three. I, def- I definitely picked Buffalo in this game. So. Yeah. <laughs> oh, poor poor Pittsburgh. Yeah. Oh, all right. We so we're better. Nope, so the Raiders that, fired their uh, defensive coordinator. Well, about time. Yeah, I'm not surprised. <laughs> oh yeah, the Raiders today got shellacked. In, oh wait, did, yeah, it was yeah, 44 got, to 27. Yeah, because yeah. I I had uh, Blankenship, the uh, kicker for my fantasy team, and the guy scored like 20 points because he he made like five extra points and like three field goals. I was like, yep. what the fuck? What happened in that game? Whenever your kicker goes nuts, it's like, whoa, there, there was a lopsided game. It's not, not good. No. Uh, so with that, ladies and gentlemen, this does bring the end to a wonderful show. It's go time with Jay and James. But with that, Jay, where what is a fantastic holiday gift for our listeners to get? Well, if you're like me, the holidays really get you a little groggy and tired. Some deadly ground coffee would be very happy for me. So, Patrick, where what are some of these fantastic flavors that Deadly Grounds has for our listeners out there? Oh, you have the uh, Highland Zombie Grog, uh, which is new. The uh, Day of the Dead Roast. Um, I'm partial to uh, the uh, Blueberry Cream. And uh, what's the one we like? The uh, the Walnut one? Maple Walnut. Maple Walnut. My wife's playing video games over up to the side here. So. Hey, wife playing hey, video Ash. games. Where's Heather? Everybody is Heather still there or she went to bed? No, she, she's right here. She's watching on Facebook Live. Oh, hi, Heather. She uh, said hi. Yeah, maple walnut, witch's brew, uh, yeah, and then there's the uh, the new one, the Butch Patrick Dragula Dark Roast, which Whoa. is a very limited edition, uh, and that uh, that actually comes autographed by Butch Patrick. Nice. So with that, you go to deadlygrounds.com or getdeadly.com for these wonderful coffees. I did speak. I had Leo speak out to Tom. He says the by the 19th of December is when you should get your orders in by. He is not guaranteeing them for Christmas, but it says if you get it in before the 19th, there's a very good chance you'll get them before the holidays. So check okay. out deadly, deadlygrounds.com. Um, I want to thank Corey for coming on the show. Yeah, thank you, Corey. Um, yes, and that's all. And maybe we'll get Corey back on at the halfway point when they release the second half of the schedule and see where the uh, we are at the at the uh, the how bad were our takes? Yeah, yeah. Uh, but also check out Patrick and Patrick. Where can they follow find you uh, in your yeah. wonderful show? The best place to find everything uh, it's under the Throwdown Thursday umbrella. Uh, you can see the picture right up behind me there. Um, 
if you go to throwdownthursdaypodcast.com, that has links to all of our social media, including our YouTube channel, which is where uh, we uh, post our uh, video version of the loudest sports show. You can catch that every Friday morning. Um, give you something to do, talk about on the weekend before the NFL games. You get our picks. Uh, Ash, Ash is, uh, or on the show as she's known, Slash is the Ice Queen, is uh, dominating the uh, NFL picks this year. She has recently overtaken first and has not looked back. So I'm very happy about that. And um, yeah, uh, you can find us on Spotify, you know, all the shows there, Throwdown Thursday and uh, the Loudest Sports Show uh, every Thursday and Friday. So stuff to take you right into the weekend. There we good. So with that, ladies and gentlemen, go to thedorkening.com for all your podcast deeds where you can find shows like Throwdown Thursday and The Loudest Sports Show, as well as other shows like Super Throwback, Super Retro Throwback Reviews, as well as the titular show, The Dorkening. So with that, ladies and gentlemen, I wish you a good night and or whenever you listen to the show, and uh, we'll see you guys next episode. Take care, everybody. Later. Later.